Hello, listeners. Today's episode is a little different. We're doing a college basketball special. We had a collab with Colby Dent of the College Basketball Experience podcast over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, so go check them out. But uh, we had a fun time, spanned the NIL, the state of college basketball right now, what's going to happen in conference realignments for the basketball scene. So a lot of fun this episode. I uh, hope you enjoy. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! <laughs> You're transparent. You should never, ever do this to, like, now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie telling you, like, what you should be putting your money. <laughs> Guess the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's certainly know. not with this group. Nope. And, and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's just a loser. Well... George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money is in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. Hello, listeners. So today we're doing a college basketball special. Uh, We have a great guest on today, Colby Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He hosts the College Basketball Experience Podcast, so go check that out. He's also featured on the College Football Experience Podcast. Two great pods. Uh, he is the king of the spread. He knows what's going on in every college basketball game every night. Uh, so we're very happy to have Colby join us today. Thanks for joining. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Thanks for doing this with us. Of course. Appreciate you guys having me. Colby, your setup puts the rest of ours to shame. We all look very amateur compared to you. Dude, well, I mean, uh, like 10 years ago, I'd have to push a lawnmower out of my way to... Uh, <laughs> So I understand completely where you guys are coming from. And look, I don't even see any any garage equipment. So you guys are ahead of where we were. So cheers. Well, luckily, I moved all my lawn, my lawn care stuff. Prior to episode, you got it out of there. Uh, Mark, can you move the the weed whacker? (laughs) No, I appreciate you guys having me, man. I I really appreciate it. Yeah. So where are you? Are you based in California? Uh, yeah, we're we're in Los Angeles. I mean, that's not where I'm from, but yeah, that's where that's where the studio is. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it seems, it seems like with the New York influence, are you from somewhere northeast? Actually, uh, no, Washington D.C. Oh, Washington, great! That's where we're. That's where we are. We're about in D.C. I lived all over, man. My parents, my dad was a D.C. cop. My mom was a school teacher, and it was just uh, they actually made most of their money uh, flipping houses. So I lived in Virginia, Maryland, like D.C. All 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 of them. I went to a lot of different schools. Oh, so uh so wait all you guys are in the dc area i'm all in richmond Detroit. hold on hold on what He's in richmond, okay i'm in i'm in h street corridor so right next to capitol hill and okay i'm out in like boston in arlington nice nice yeah i've gotten i've gotten drunk at all those places so cheers <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> how'd you guys how'd you get i mean have you guys been listening to us for a while or how'd you guys stumble upon this essentially me he's a super fan george yeah is a super I've, fan. I've been listening for quite some time uh um, he's, he's turned me and skyler on for sure too hey so, well thank you thank hopefully you, you get a, a few more uh followers after this but uh <laughs> we'll give you we'll give you 10 or 15 max <laughs> yeah right on man and hopefully some of the people that follow me just to tag me and I'll, I'll spread it uh I'll spread it around so try to get hey, you don't, guys. don't don't promise that before we get it going <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a fuck man i look i understand i understand how it is so and i've done and look i'm not i i i, I have done some podcasts i remember i i think one of the reasons why we've had success 
is is our stand up background. So we basically say no to any to to, to nothing. Uh, <laughs> yes and everything. Me, me and Sean had the benefit of doing stand up for or for a long time. So, you know, I get it. But uh, so I yeah. was curious about the stand up kind of stuff too. Like how how'd you get into that? Do you always want to be a comedian? Is that kind of the path? Pretty much, man. I was like uh, writing some films in high school in the, in, in the area. And then like my, my friends that I was making them with were older than me and they went off to college. And then I was sitting there like, well, fuck, I really like being creative. And I'm kind of stuck senior year. And then I was just like, OK, what can I control myself? And then I started doing open mics right around. I don't I don't think I did it till out of my senior year. But I was like kind of plotting and writing random shit. And then uh, I was dumb enough to say, you know, I was in college and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want to go to school for business. I hate my fucking life. And it's, I just said, fuck it. I'm moving to California. My dad hated me for, for a couple of years. And then uh, and through stand up, I met Sean. He was in a pilot that I wrote. And then kind of just kind of just. In my opinion, if you're going to do it, you got to go all the way, you know, for, oh, stand, yeah. for stand up, that is like so, yeah. you know. Yeah. D.C.'s got uh, quite the stand up scene, too. Uh, what's the is the comedy sellers here or what's what's the what's the one that Dave Chappelle was always at? Uh, Yeah. I mean, comedy. So I mean, back then, I mean, a lot a lot of clothes, man. This is how I mean, I've been stand up. First time I ever did stand up was 2003. So oh, to wow. date myself. Uh, But yeah, I mean. There, there's been a lot of classic ones. I remember uh, nine is nine thirty still there. I don't think so. No, I think that closed. That was a that, like that one night a week they would have a great stand up. See, my, so my parents moved out of the area, so I haven't been back to D.C. in like nine or ten years because because my parents moved out of the area. So when I go visit them, they live in like uh, South Carolina on the beach. So gotcha. yeah, so maybe not nine or ten years, seven or eight, but yeah. Anyway, next time I get up, though, I have to or go, go over there. I, I, I was going to say, we'll, we'll have to have you for a uh, summit, for a podcast. The same one, but 930 Club's still there. Just looked it up. Oh, it is? There you go. Yeah, well, they the used one. to do a comedy night. Hold on, what was there? There was a bunch. I used to do a place called Wise Acres. That was cool. That I mean, I, when I think about it, my sets are so fucking terrible, but I thought they were going to be okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, are you still do? Are you still actively doing stand-up? Yeah, yeah. I did a show... Shit. Uh, what day is today? Two days ago. Two days ago. So how yeah. how would you say that your uh, your acts evolved? Oh, it's a lot better. I think part of the problem. <laughs> is, well, that's what's so impressive of like fucking like Eddie Murphy or Dave Chappelle was like. When I look back at my set, like uh, you need life experience, and I didn't have much life experience. So like sure. everything was like a dick joke or like a a vomit joke or something, and it just it had no real. I I I feel like in hindsight. Like you were lucky, you were probably not connecting to like ninety percent of the audience. Sure. What's the deal with the showers in the high school locker? Yeah, room? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like you really—that's what's so impressive when you go back and watch like Eddie Murphy Raw or like some of the Chappelle shits. You're like, how the fuck were you this good? Right. At at that age, like it's really mind blowing. I think Norm Macdonald's another one that was really good at when he was young. Oh but, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Looking back, it's just like, man, please. Like, there's been times where someone has like broadcasted the old stand-up and I'm like, can you please, can you please take that down? <laughs> <He's just laughs> like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be defined by that, uh, you know, 15 years ago. So, uh, but yeah, so, uh, 
so yeah that's pretty much pretty much how how things went man so how about that's you guys awesome. what's, your, what's your guys background you guys all grew up in, in, the, in the dc area well so we all went to richmond together so we're oh, all buddies yeah. from the university of richmond which we'll get into a little spiders basketball at some point oh, um, so we gotta get we gotta get this thing done probably before the game huh before seven o'clock yeah <laughs> <There we> go, <laughs> right? um but yeah so we all know each other from that we all you know kind of played all of our intramural sports and everything together uh we were in a bunch of group chats for different sports and would just dominate them in, you know, back and forth arguments that would range, you know, 80, 90. And we're like, why are we even doing this? Let's just start something where you just do it at each other and put it on Spotify. No one will listen to it. And that's been a, that's, that was the birth of something beautiful. Dude, that's honestly like if you would have told me that my life would have taken this turn. So like pretty much what happened for, for, for us on this was like, Sean and Ryan, I don't know if you missed listen to the main sports gambling podcast, but I do. They have were just doing the NFL show in 2011. It was just the NFL, and then they were dark for like the rest of the season, right? Yeah. And I had known Sean. He acted in a pilot. I mean, he had like a one. I got him like a hundred bucks. I feel like in a pilot that I wrote in. <laughs> and, and but I had known him through stand up, but just like I wasn't like super good friends with him. I was just like we were cool. I know he was an Eagles fan. I talked. You know, Redskins, Eagles, and stuff, and uh, and then uh, uh, like I, I saw he, I did a Toys for Tots comedy show that I would run for a while, and he came to that, and he got pretty drunk, and he was like telling me about hopping on some podcast, but we didn't really know what a podcast. I mean, I knew kind of what a podcast was, but I, this is like early stages of podcasting, and so and I put that, it on iTunes. Yeah, like I didn't even I, I remember telling the girl I was seeing at the time, I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know what I mean? He's like <laughs> he's like, come do some shit with like uh college football, but I he was like pretty drunk, so I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not gonna hit him up. And then uh I, I ran into him a show like two months later and he's like, dude, everyone I meet in stand up tells me you know like college football and college basketball. He's like, You should come on, you should come on the show. And then we did that, but like I wasn't expecting like career move out of that. I was just doing it because I never said no to anything. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I mean, I've been on stupid. I did. I did a podcast breaking down like Police Academy four before. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I, I, so I just would say no to. Uh, I would never say no. Like it could be anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, well, we're gonna we're gonna start with Police Academy three on this one, and then we'll yeah. probably move yeah. through the rest of the series. Birth David Spade's career, you know, I did my homework. I had I before I knew I was doing number four, I was like, shit, I better go watch all Love. the police games. Yeah, because I, I didn't know, you know, that I wanted to know if they dropped story. You know, the the story was it cohesive? No, it wasn't. They're just random. They just phoned it in. But uh I've done a whole background on Bobby McFerrin's life, and then all of a sudden none of it came up. Exactly, man. I was deep, man. I had pages of this. Uh <laughs> so uh so yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, my point is, is that if you just chase what you love, you'd be surprised what can fucking happen. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're like well, I... this, is like fifteen or sixteen episodes in, and we can't believe random people are listening to us at this point. Like it's it's pretty wild. So yeah, we started yeah. doing it for Sean just so that Sean's dad had something to listen to on the way to work. Yeah, you know, it's blossomed into this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he misses the banter. Probably you guys probably used to you know hang out at the house together. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Do we want to do we want to jump into a little bit of the the college basketball talk? Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, a big game tonight. Um, huge game. Richmond VCU. Uh, Colby, have any thoughts on it? 
Well, I love the Capital Classic. I think it's one of the things that, you know, I, I love rivalries and tradition. But, I mean, I ended up taking Richmond, playing the angle of, obviously, I know Chris Mooney's got a, uh, you know, some health issues. So, it's a ri- yeah, it's a rivalry game. I don't know the magnitude of that. I haven't followed up enough, but I know I thought it was something with the heart. So, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know. Aneurysm in his aorta. He's got to get surgery. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think he'll be okay though, right? It's obviously yeah. something that's big, but I think he'll recover. Yeah. Hopefully. Just... I mean, yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know enough. I'm I'm too stupid. I can't even understand uh, you know, any of these any of these medical breakdowns, I feel like. But um but <laughs> uh I, I think Richmond might get up for him and play. I know they lost by what, twelve, I think it was the first meeting. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it is yeah. What's that? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Seagull Center, I know, is bananas. And, uh, you know, like from a fan standpoint, so I know that's tough with the momentum, but I think they might get up from and cover it. So I, I took the Spiders. I didn't personally bet this one, but I, uh, I'm i looking forward to watching it, and I, I hope to see a good game. It's how a, much, it's pers- line. How much, how much personal – oh, sorry, Sean. Please, go. I said it's a huge line, so it's nine and a half for the Spiders here. And Richmond just came off a big win versus St. Louis, which – as unfathomable as it was that they came back from like down 24 <laughs> at some point, you know, guys are riding high and maybe there's some spirit around, you know, coach Moody went down right around Peter Thomas. They seem to like him, the new coach and the guy must only tell him to shoot threes because they made like 12, two point field goals last game. And the rest were all threes. And it was like a 71, 68 game. So <laughs> I, I bet Richmond that game, I yeah. bet Richmond that game. And I, I actually had to go record. So I missed like the final five minutes, but when I went to go record, St. Louis had like a five or six point lead. So I was curious to how I won. I thought I was counting it as a loss. I like refreshed my account. I'm like, Oh, what did I win on? And, uh, <laughs> so, but, but that's great that they did because I felt like they were going to get up from Mooney. And I feel like tra- I, I've, I've had my issues with Travis Ford at, at St. Louis. So I thought it was a good spot for him, but yeah, excited to watch the, the capital classic. So speaking of your issues with Travis Ford, what are some who are some coaches that you are comfortable betting with? And then we'll get to the ones that you aren't as comfortable. Uh well, I always I like guard play and defense normally when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So like even like a Rick Patino, even though I know he's at Iona, <laughs> would be one that I, I, I know that I kind of would trust. Remember, they almost beat Bam, I think it was two years ago when they made the tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that roster was like, that was, I think that was year one for Patino, if memory serves me correct. So, like, that roster wasn't even in the shape. I think it's in better shape now, but uh, stuff stuff like that. That's one example. I mean, uh, Chris Beard was another guy that I kind of liked playing uh, in, in March, obviously. <laughs> There's a no couple way. of coaches that the guys love to play for. Yeah, I love these high character coaches, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? When uh, I, when we got to school and it was kind of right in the thick of uh, Mooney's uh, not so great period. The and billboard went he, up our sophomore year. Yeah, 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 when the billboard was up and Patino was coaching in disgrace in Greece. I think there was a pretty big let's go get Patino. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a little but, bit of a guys, joke, but also not. You know? <laughs> Did you guys have anything to do with that billboard? Did you guys donate a few, few, uh, few hundred dollars? Nothing to do with the billboard. <laughs> but uh, I mean, at the time, at the time, it seemed like a change needed to be made. And then, hey, we've seen what happened since then. So clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about. Look, and the players I, have always loved him. Everybody's always spoken incredibly highly of him. 
I thought it was a bit disrespectful considering that I feel like even though you didn't make the tournaments a lot of those years when you had good rosters, I always felt like the team was decent. And yeah. to me, to me, you got to I, I, I mean, you guys would know better than me on, on how much does Richmond really want to win? You know what no, I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like so uh, I thought he, it was a little harsh and I, I was glad to see. I wanted to see them get in two years ago. I was glad to see them get in last year. I thought I loved watching Jacob Gilliard play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I was glad to see them beat Iowa because I actually I it was the, the the token year that I was like I normally always fade Iowa, always fade Iowa. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they get Richmond. Richmond's had a great story. They got in. There's enough white guys that have been here for and are like 24 yeah. years old, you know. Yeah. This is the year. <laughs> so I was foolishly uh, wrong on that projection in the NCAA tournament, but I was glad to see that it was wrong in a way. Which, by the way, Colby, I don't know if you're, uh, I don't know if you're an avid listenership yet, but you are, you are on on the tail end. You're guest three in a row of Matt Grace, Grant Golden, and now you. So I mean, wow. massive wow. news to fill from both a literal and figure. Wow. They have talent. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, Greg Golden's up for G League MVP. He's killing it right now up in the. Oh, he was he was a baller, man. He sure was. Yeah, he had the COVID option to come back, correct? And he didn't, right? No, he he did. did. He He was so he started with us, and then we'd been in the workforce for like a few years when he was still kicking around campus. Our first question to him was like, "We like the school. You clearly loved the school." (laughs) (laughs) That's in Bennett style. You gotta you gotta appreciate it. You know, I look. Come on, dude. If any of us were good enough to play college athletics. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, especially in today's day and age. You know what I mean? Where you can get the NIL. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, I would pull the Tommy boy all day. Give me the give me the give me the eight years. All, I would do it in a heartbeat. I so, feel like by the time you get a little older, too, you probably have your head around how to make some NIL money. And at that point, you know, it's a job. Gray's yeah. got a full beard. You get sponsored by hymns or something. And you're, you know, you're out off there and you're running. Oh, I'm loving these. These I, I don't know if you've been catching like Tyree Appleby, the point guard for Wake Forest, got an Applebee's NIL. Yeah. <laughs> I would have uh, changed my name Dakota, in high school. I think Dakota yeah, Stavadu right? offered got like an air conditioning yes. NIL. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, the, big, the biggest miss is the receiver from Indiana whose name was Whopper, and they haven't put him on one of the commercials yet, one of the most annoying commercials in the world. But just, yeah, just like Whopper. Whopper. <laughs> yeah. Just face bigger and bigger. Come on, if you're in high school right now and you know that, man, you know, you probably know how hard it is. If you're good in high school, you're probably just, yeah, I know you, you know, athletes can sometimes think that no matter what, they're going to be great in the pros. That that, sure. that belief helps them get there. But also, uh, I, come on, man. I would just say, let me play it safe. Change my name to something that's uh, sometimes. Yeah, if you're not changing your first name to Prudential yeah. Insurance, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. I would be something. I'd be. I would. I would figure something out. Oh, my my last name is Michelin. Yeah, let me get those yeah, tires. Right. Right? Yeah. Last name's Michelin. Yeah. I think you probably yeah. at least have a better idea of where you play well. <laughs> I just feel like you, you got to get creative. Come on, man. Your last name's Peanut. You know, you just go by Mr. Peanut, throw on a monocle and all, all day. millions being thrown at you. It's like Joe, Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann, we've had him on the show a few times. And Joe Theismann, nice guy. But I do love this the fact that he uh, he was clever enough. Right. His name was Theismann. He changed it to Theismann because it rhymed with Heisman. <laughs> that was cutting edge. That's like That's 1968 <laughs> when he did that. Gotta give him credit there. 
and and uh yeah so i mean that's he was Greg thomas in the testosterone pill commercial level of taking uh, <laughs> advantage yeah. yes you gotta so, capitalize yeah i'll take time so what what have you what are your thoughts on the nil taking over college sports um you know i'm we're seeing some schools that traditionally aren't good at basketball start to be good like alabama is now up and I, I hate the fact that they're dominating now in football and basketball, not to touch on, you know, everything else that's happened on Alabama this week, but uh, I was just about to say, I was like, <laughs> well, it, you know, it helps when you get the best player in the, in the nation and, you know, right. you the other way when he might've, uh, might've passed a one, a, a, a revolver that uh, was involved in a murder. What did uh, Nate Oates say? Wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, yeah. Wrong time. Yeah. And then Nate Oates. <laughs> and how about his first call? He didn't call the victim. Right, because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in the past like week, so we have three Alabama basketball players involved. Two starters were at the scene of the murder. Uh, yep. Eleven gunshots fired, and you're sitting there saying, uh, you know, no disciplinary action to either of those players, the starters. Um, and then he doesn't call the victim's family, doesn't call the players involved family. He calls Ray Lewis. <laughs> I did not hear about that. Ray Lewis? Like, that, that just tells me this is a lot worse than we probably think it is. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty bad because we know someone's murdered. But I'm saying, like, yeah. he clearly uh, not the uh, smartest smartest head coach, in my opinion. Yeah, just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, for the victim. Has Aaron Hernandez's yeah. attorney was the, the next phone call they did? That probably wasn't smart. Yeah, I yeah. Just, I love these college coaches that you know they run the campus, and then as soon as something bad happens, they're like, "I have no idea what's happening with my players." <laughs> I can't times. control my players. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was weird that like a wire went out to OJ Simpson. I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, well, that's what's so what great want. about his answer. His answer was like, "He's like, well, I can't control what they do outside of here." It's like, <laughs> what are you talking you about? You can a little bit. Yeah, I'm like it's you also, could have defended him while it was in question. Where the you know, and I'm sure they knew. Let's yeah. let's not let's not lie here. To I mean, let's not spit it. You know, to, let's, let's call a spade a spade because there's no way they didn't know. They I I would imagine the first thing that they did once they knew because Brandon Miller's car got sh- his windshield yeah, had two shots, and he didn't leave the car according to the, the what I read from his lawyer. So that means he was pretty damn close to being shot. Yeah, that's another issue. <laughs> yes. It's like, wait, you wouldn't be followed through. First off, you'd be like, dude, what are you doing? But also, what were you doing there? What what what'd you do there? You know, like, come on, don't Why are you going out? You're gonna be yeah. in the NBA like very soon. The other thing, too, is with the proximity to the tournament, is this really something that you want to like leave up to the NCAA's hands? Or is this something where if you can, can take control of the narrative, hand down your own punishments and then kind of get them out of the way before real basketball is being played, you're a one seed. Doesn't yeah. really matter. Like take care of it before the SEC tournament, take care of it before March Madness. That might be a little Of course. Uh, I would have suspended him. Oh well, I mean, once again though, I think there's a difference between Richmond all and, delicacy. and and you know the SEC is sure, Come on. I mean, like, did you watch the, the, the floor, the, the Aaron Hernandez Florida documentary? Oh, you yeah. Know, come on. I mean, like, this is. I mean, you're a Giants fan. Janoris Jenkins played there for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but I do think NIL in general, and I'm curious your guys take on it. I think it's a good thing, man. I think, you know, the the amount of money that was being, you know, 
taken in by these schools with so much, you know, yeah. and I, I, I've heard stories, you know, I've, I've seen stories of players that, and, and I'm normally one of the ones that's like, you know, if we're talking football that I, I think we overreact to a lot of the safety stuff in my opinion, but yeah. uh, like, I've seen stories where like, I don't know, it was like the safety, I think of Northern Illinois, you know, got, got paralyzed from the waist down and then, you know, Oh, you're done with your four years of ed- education. Good luck with your insurance here. We're not paying for anything anymore. Right. That is true. Yeah. Like workers comp. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like, this is criminal. This is absolutely yeah. criminal. Like the guy was playing for you guys. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know, well, I think the university of Washington had another player like that. And I think it's been a long time overdue, even with that scenario, but also just in general, when you see what was the recent big 10 TV contract, it's, oh, I don't even know yeah, that figure off the top of my head. I think like it was north of a billion. All when it's yeah, was it for, for each school. I think. Hard for to each make school. I think it's like a billion. No. Yeah, hard to make sense of like. Yeah. Come on, Sorry. I mean, the players should get something on that uh, on that front. So I I think and I do think another thing is, you saw that the programs before that were cheating and essentially doing that. Yeah. There was, there was a gap between the the ones that wasn't doing that. And I still think there'll probably be a little bit of a gap, but I do think it'll inch closer because anyone could then, you know, you take, take what we've seen with Phil Knight at Oregon. When I first started watching college football and college basketball, Oregon was kind of not very good. Like in the early nineties in basketball and football, they were kind of, they're kind of average. Sure. Well, all it takes is one rich alumni. I- you know, now that's a rare case of a super rich guy, but I'm saying in general, that's all it takes for someone to say, hey, you know what? I went to uh, I went to St. Thomas University in Minnesota. I got money. You know what I mean? Let's be good. You know, let's let's hear some money. And it's probably a write off for them if they do their shit correct. But uh, oh, yeah. but you're you're an L.A. guy. I had thought that when NIL hit that schools like UCLA and USC that have proximity to some of these much larger kind of media deals would get a lot better than schools like Oklahoma and Alabama that don't necessarily have like those kinds of companies and people in the direct orbit. And it doesn't really seem like that has been happening. I wonder if it will. Well, I mean, you saw USC football brought in 26 transfers last year. That was the most, but well, yeah, but that was Lincoln Riley. That wasn't because of the yeah, but Caleb oh, Williams got offered a million dollars by Eastern Eastern Michigan to play. So it makes me realize that, Hey, USC must've gave him more than a million dollars. Oh I yeah. Know, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Lincoln Riley did help, but I also, but yeah, I, I do think, and I, I think you just saw that Armando, Armando Baycott was in a uh, episode of outer banks. That, rich guy too, just by the way, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. with him out at the bars. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. But, yeah, but that's I, one I where a hilarious screenshot. <laughs> that, no, that's one. That's one where they, uh, they, they ended up, I, I think he got some NIL at, uh, that was t- funneled through NIL from what I understand. I, I don't yeah. know that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the university of Texas and UCLA and USC because they have these gigantic film departments with so many ties to, you know, major movies and TV shows, they'd really be able to offer uh big time money if they ever got if they ever thought about it think, think about the universal nil where it's like we'll put you as the lead in tune squad three and yeah. all of a sudden it's like didn't spielberg or lucas go to usc i mean that right there it's like yeah. oh you i have a cameo in star wars they gave me 20 million dollars you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's good i i think it's wild because we had we had matt grace on who's canadian 
So he has, he has a student visa. He's not allowed to use NIL, which then I learned Oscar Shibwe, the returning player of the year in college basketball, can make zero money. In oh, NIL. yeah. I didn't even but, think about that. So, so I mean, he's definitely making money. But, but yeah, like, I was about to say, like, you know, my, my co-host, Moneyline Max from West Virginia, he was uh, he was on the staff last year. Oh, and, really? Yeah, he, he was the video coordinator for Bob Huggins. Oh, no way. And, and uh, basically they believe a bag of, of cash. Cause he, we, Shiba was at West Virginia and all of a sudden he said he was homesick around right. Christmas break homesick. And you end up in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> Calipari yeah, would no, never. You're yeah. totally right. It's probably, it's going the old fashioned way of how they got paid. The, like the previous before the NIL is how he's getting his money. Of course. I mean, Kentucky, I, especially Kentucky. Come on. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Where's she away from originally? I'm sorry. Where is he from originally? What's his? Toshibe is where is he from originally? But oh, I know it's not Congo. If if yeah. I know them off the top of my head, the joke would have flown a little better. But they must make great Congolese food in Lexington. I was about to say Kenya, but once again, I would have been wrong. Yeah, yeah, Congo. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard any of these rumors about Calipari going to Texas, where it would be even easier to do this type of stuff than it already is at Kentucky? Well, if I was Tim, I probably would. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, he's got to get out of his contract. His buyout's too big. Kentucky fans may hate him, but his buyout is too big for even Kentucky to probably afford. And, uh, but you know, the way he was going at it with his with his uh, with the fans there, I thought it was very stupid. Like, <laughs> you lose the games, but like to to go at it saying we're a basketball school, not a football school, when their football teams had great success, I think is only going to create enemies. And then you start losing. He hasn't won in a while. You lost to St. Peter's. You know he hasn't won in the tournament in a while. And you know I I just feel like even this year they started losing games. He starts coming at the media with their questions a little bit, and I just thought, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, just- and the last person that you want to alienate is like your own yeah. football team right it's like the whole point is you guys are supposed to like boost each other especially when they're doing well yeah and like just you can just handle that just say yeah we didn't play good enough next you know and like uh but the way he would come back at him it's just like to me if you're doing that as a coach in any i don't care if you're at chicago state you know what i mean like then you're you're it's just not gonna end well i don't think um so also that like the number one class by far coming in next year right like, yeah, he does. I don't it, see him leaving, sort of. Yeah, thing. I mean that's a good point. And from what I understand, like I know my, my, uh, Terrell Furman Jr. Who hosts like the NBA Gambling Podcast. He's told me like, dude, the, the guy he's bringing in is so good. He's so good. He's gonna light college basketball on fire. So we'll see. But I can see it though. I mean, to me, I would if Texas wants to put, to pay the buyout, which Texas does have that you know endless money. Do. I would leave. I would leave because guess what? That top recruit, guess what? He could transfer. True. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just Texas, but but would would Texas's being so good right now, even with the interim coach, is that something you think they'd even be interested in going out and doing that? I mean, obviously they'd be interested, but with the paying of a massive buyout to make a huge program shift like that. Well, they built that new stadium and that place is rocking. Yeah. Look, and I'm a I'm not I'm I don't think it's any secret that I'm not the biggest Texas fan, right? Sure. And, and and but I I gotta give them credit. They they built that basketball stadium. They they made it so their fans are super close to the court. And I don't know what Chris Beard did prior to him being a, a maniac to uh to to bring in people, but he brought in an excitement. If they could do that for football, 
uh, you know, they would really start making that home environment daunting. I, I've been to the football stadium and, I, and went to a game and I didn't feel like it was the greatest home home uh, edge. But basketball, I certainly believe that. So there's that. There's a, there's got to be a an interest around that. There's no there's no pro team within like what uh, the Spurs are like, what, two hours away, two and a half hours away. Yeah, wherever Houston is. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, San Antonio. San buddy. Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Houston's <laughs> deep. From that, I think that's three. Is or it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about Texas. Uh, but but I it wouldn't shock me. You know what I mean? Like they have a lot of money there. They have a lot of resources. So you can't go out and say Texas is a basketball school. Yeah, it could. I mean, yeah. I mean, Texas it's certainly not a football it. school in the past decade, right? Hey, it's an Arch Manning school now. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean Texas Texas basketball. I mean, the Big Twelve is the best conference right now. And now Texas yeah. basketball's been slated to the SEC, which I mean, SEC basketball is pretty damn good too. Yeah, but everybody talks about. And obviously, football is the reason all these teams are moving around. But what do you guys think the landscape's going to look like? In a well, that's couple right. Of I didn't even thought about that. And the basketball's realigned. Huh. The, the new Big Twelve, or in general, just everything. In general, do you think SEC, Big Ten, same way that's going to happen with football, where you're just going to have the best teams in those two conferences? It's just going to dominate, or you think I think rival with like Baylor and those teams still being around. Baylor and Kansas are the best one in Kansas State. And Houston and Houston. Yeah. yeah, they're getting Houston. I mean, I think the Big Twelve will definitely be the best basketball conference. There's talk that they're bringing in uh, Gonzaga too, and, and potentially even oh. Arizona. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, would, that would change it. <laughs> yeah, but even even with you know with them losing Texas and, and Oklahoma, I still believe they're the best basketball conference, especially because they gain Houston, who's been better than Texas and Oklahoma of late. Oh yeah. Um. And I do think Cincinnati's on the way back up. I think BYU's got such a great home court. They'd be able to be decent enough. And uh, UCF's really the only question mark. Um, But as far as everything with, like, the realignment thing, you know, I think we're entering this, like, incredibly crazy. It's an interesting time in college sports, at least for – I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm I'm in my 40s, right? And – I've never seen anything like this as far as the, 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 I don't know that it's good. I don't know that it's bad. So you got the TV execs calling the shots, which always pisses me off because I do want to see the greatest rivals we have that have been built up, you know, over, over, you know, a hundred years or so. Uh, I don't like the fact they could be ditching some of these rivalries, but I will say that I also think there's a chance. And my buddy, Patty C always, you know, that does the college football show with me. Um, uh, he brings up some good points of like Arkansas was a really good football program back in the day. Go back in the seventies and eighties. They joined the SEC in the nineties, and they really haven't been relevant. So I wonder. This probably applies more to Oklahoma than Texas because Texas is the state school there, and like Austin's a great city, thriving city, and it's easy to to sell. Yeah. Um, but Norman, Oklahoma, I wonder. You know, I've been in Norman, Oklahoma. You know, it's a nice campus, <laughs> but, but it doesn't it, – it just doesn't sell to me. Not a bustling downtown. Yeah, and they don't have a ton of talent. Now, they will be getting the SEC money just like Arkansas, and I know some people say you take the check, you take the losses. I wonder, though, long-term, if, you're, if that's the best interest for your fan base because you start losing your fan base if you have a decade of losing. You turn to Arkansas. Yeah, or Arkansas. I mean, you've seen when – when Colorado left for the Pac-12, you know, Colorado was a really good school in the Big 12. And they kind of, they kind of, yeah, 
Yeah, Maryland, exactly. I mean, my, my oldest brother's a diehard Maryland Terrapin fan. He doesn't even care about when they play. Oh, they're playing Northwestern and, and Nebraska. What the fuck do I care about that? So how do you feel about Purdue? I don't like that. You, you asked me the question before on what coaches will I fade? <laughs> Rick Barnes, Matt Painter. Really? Yeah. I Like, okay. look, I, I think Matt Painter's a good coach. I don't think he should be fired or anything. But I just feel like, man, I mean, I've seen some really bad coaching jobs by him, though. Like, they had mm -hmm. no business with Jaden Ivey and Zach yeah. Eaton and Travion yeah. Williams losing to St. Peter's. And you saw what North Carolina did to him. And even Hubert Davis, who I think the jury's still out on if, if he's a good coach. Yeah. He was able to take advantage of that. And it's like, ha I watched that game against St. Peter's and I was just like, this is a clinic on bad coaching for yeah. one day. You know, like, and I, and Rick Barnes has had other ones. Uh, a couple of years ago, Colgate played uh, Tennessee in the first round. Oh, yeah. Tennessee escaped. Two, in two years in a row, I think. Yeah. But it was yeah. a close escape. And, and they got very fortunate. And I thought it was a terrible coaching job. But, uh, it's because Langle is fantastic. I grew up right next to Colgate, so I always picked them to move on. And every time they lose by like two, and it was like they're up the whole time. Damn it! Like one of these years, I would love to see him win, man. I love I that. Uh, yeah. So I mean, but I, I normally will fade. Bruce Pearl's another one I don't trust in the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament. Um, there's a there's a slew of coaches. You know that doesn't mean they can't win it or or get there. Obviously, Barnes had that one year. We went to the Final Four at Texas. Sometimes the matchup will, will will just help you, you know, like I remember what K-State went to the Elite Eight, I want to say in 19, and they were lucky enough that they had UMBC in the second round. Yeah. And then I want to say in the third round, they got somebody else that was not not as bad as UMBC, but still like a, a double-digit seed. So they kind of just, you, you look back in history and say, oh, they went to Elite Eight, man. But man, they kind of got a favorable... Sometimes there's a little luck in that. So, so on that on that line, what do you think of like Shaka Smart at Marquette? Marquette's doing well this year, top of the Big East standing right now. Shaka Smart, obviously with VCU back in the day, went all the way to the Final Four. Guard then, play defense. But then with Texas, with Texas, never figured it out. So he had like tough breaks though, at Texas, man. He did. I'm sorry. Continue the rest of your question. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. I was just saying like, what can you make of this Marquette team? Shock do you think they can make a deep enough run or probably not? But they've made me look like a fool all year. I think I had them finishing like third to last or second to last in the big east because they, yeah. <laughs> you know, once Justin Lewis said he wasn't coming back, I, I think I think we all were like, hey, they're gonna be this is a tough year, but I do believe he's a really good basketball coach. Uh, I, I thought it uh, obviously at VCU that speaks for itself, and then at Texas, I thought they. Man, he had some really bad breaks. Do you remember Northern Iowa hit a half-court shot in the NCAA? I sure do. Yeah. A bank, too. Yes. Terrible. Come on. That was one of his losses. And then the other one was Abilene Christian. His final game he coached at Texas. Abilene Christian beats him, but Abilene Christian made two free throws to win that game with under a second left, or it was like 1.1 seconds. And that foul was a little questionable. So I thought, you know, a couple questionable tough beats in the tournament. I personally think Texas probably should have been a little more patient with him, but then again, they also had Chris Beard, who I think is a really good coach, especially I, I, I didn't know that he was, you know, doing what he was doing on the side, but I mean, uh, uh, and he's a Texas alum. So it does kind of make sense in that uh, capacity, but I, 
I'm going to fade them this year just because he, he didn't really, they don't have anyone that's been in the NCAA tournament really. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel like that catches up to you. I mean, I don't know that I'll fade him in the first round. It depends on the matchup, but I, I'm not going to rule it out, you know, like, um, but they've made me look like a fool all, all year and credit to him because I mean, that win at Creighton is one of the best wins you can get in college basketball. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you should feel bad at all because I don't think anybody's looked that smart from their preseason predictions of this year's college basketball season. So, <laughs> once again, and, and I believe a lot of that is NIL and and uh, transfer portal based. It makes it incredibly hard, and I think it's a, a, a strength for the sport. I, I, you know, yeah. I, 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 I didn't say in the NIL push, but that's something NIL. Obviously, you're going to have your Texas, your big schools are going to really benefit from it. But at the end of the day, if a smaller school can put their funds together and get, you know, a big recruit and build a good team around them, get a guy yeah. that will stay a little bit, you know, it's going to benefit everybody across the board. Oh, 100%. And, like, all it takes is, like, you know, uh, we've seen it. Look at look at Kentucky. See, the big schools are going to have this problem of, like, we're going to see with Marquette this year. They'll be interesting to watch. Marquette had a good recruiting class. There are a lot of young players on that team. They didn't really use the portal. Kentucky, the past couple of years, hasn't really used the portal. John Shire at Duke. Yeah, he brought in what? He brought in Grandison from Illinois and Young from Northwestern, but kind of kind of went very, very light on the portal in a year where they lost everybody. I was shocked by that. My brother's a Duke fan, so, you know, and he agrees with, 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 with me that they should have been more active in the portal. And the, you have these power schools are going to be stuck with that decision. Do we get the five-star freshman? And, and you know he could be a one and done, or maybe two years, or mm-hmm. do we do we try to hit the portal and try to mix all these players in? We're also, I, and I also think that's where your coaching has to has to has to really matter, you know. And uh, more than ever, probably more than ten years ago, when you would watch college basketball and just Kentucky would just have thirty NBA draft picks, and you're just like, okay. But now you're meshing in veterans with youth, and that can go wrong, you know. Like some veterans, man, I've been playing college basketball five years. What, what's going on with this 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 new kid, and then and then the other team. If you're playing, if you're playing, uh, I don't know. Let's just say hypothetically, you're playing like some mid major, where they were able to take another. Uh, to, let's let's just say it was Richmond, and they were able to take you know Western Illinois' leading scorer, who's been in college four years, and then all of a sudden you have four or five of those guys. I think it's a great it's a great it's great for the sport. I I, I actually think it strengthens the mid-majors a little more than it does the majors. And we've talked about it too on this podcast before of just like the best player, the best 18 year olds in the world aren't necessarily these kids that are even trying to go to Kentucky. They're trying to go play for Ignite or they're, you know, Wembenyama or Doncic and they're already playing for professional teams in Europe. So like when Kentucky's going out and getting the best recruiting class, they're not getting the best three 18 year olds in the country or in the world. They're getting the, best three 18 year olds who are willing to go play college basketball, which is just not the same thing anymore. So, I mean, I think that has something to do with it too. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that, and to me, like just the veteran, the veteran aspect of yeah. being able to like, I mean, so many different teams. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. Let's talk about San Diego state's a good team out here. Uh, and they were able last year, they added Matt Bradley, who was the leading scorer from Cal. Cal was ass, but but he was he was a good 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 a great get for them because they struggled to score the ball. This year, what they do? They went to the University of Seattle and got D- uh, Damian Trammell, who's their was their leading scorer. And by adding these pieces, 
you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, I don't know that they're going to go that far, but I can tell you this, if they would have had to groom their own players and come up, they wouldn't be as good as they would be this year. That's for sure. And the fact that these guys are like 20, you know, you get 24 year olds in here that are playing against children. It's, it's not even yeah. <laughs> You'd yeah. rather take the 24 year old. Of course. And I think it's great for the sport because a team like Richmond, you know, that's, doesn't really, you know, or or any good mid major or good program like that can can uh can take advantage of of and make the right ones where it's like you're not, you know, because I know academics actually still matter at some schools, <laughs> and uh <laughs> and and they can still there can still be a way of doing that. Not look to me, I, I'm an East Carolina guy. Academics never mattered, but I mean, uh, here to play sports. Yeah, hey, here. Here to play everybody. School. Everybody uses chat GDP now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Richmond had that with Blake Francis. He was fantastic for us. Speak about the team this year. When we we had um, Matt Grace, who's currently on the team on the pod a couple of weeks ago, and we asked him about transfers because Mooney never did transfers. Like maybe he'd bring in a grad transfer. Yeah. And now this year we have two starters that are transfers this year. Like even he, even Matt, Matt Grace was saying, even Mooney now has come around to like, it's just the nature of the game now. Like, if you don't do it, you'll fall behind. They changed the rules, right? They made it easier for kids to just come right on and start playing. Yeah, a one-time transfer, and that that actually might go to two times. I think it's up for really up for this next year. Um, but but I mean, take a look at Houston with Kelvin Sampson, and that's what's great is like if if you can tell the guy knew basketball, he went and got a kid. The one of their best players last year in the tournament was a kid out of he was a transfer from Cal State Bakersfield, which was. I mean, you got to be scouting a lot of film, but he was a great get and he was one of the best players on the team last year. That's a perfect example of what I mean of like, if if you're able to go get a veteran, he's not on the team this year, but I'm saying like, uh, if you're able to go get key guys like that, instead of having to, you know, bring in that 18 year old, that's just not ready. And another thing is, I don't know if Mooney's doing this, but I would imagine it was, you could still be grooming a couple of those younger kids. And if yeah, it certainly was, yeah. Yeah, so it's that's I I think it's fantastic. I know it's harder to grasp. I know people the complaint against it is what, you know, the name familiarity. You know, you, you're trying, but I don't care. For me, I I love basketball. If if Joe Schmo, who's not the biggest college basketball fans, missing out, and that's hurting the the ratings, I'm still okay because I almost don't <laughs> want it to be too popular. Because what what happens when things get too popular normally? They, they they end up bad, you know what I mean? Like, I used to be a huge fan of the NBA. I, I'm not the biggest fan these days because I just think it got too big and I just think the the rules. And then I, uh, So I'm like, I'm happy it, with it being, uh you know, kind of under the radar, even though in the tournament, obviously, they're the most watched basketball games in America. But that's what's so special about it. It's like that two-week, three-week period where everybody, <laughs> where everyone cares. <laughs> everybody feels well, out. We can get our wives and girlfriends to make a bracket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they care about sports for two fleeting days, and they're mm-hmm. thinking about adding more teams. I'm against it personally. Okay, I how, have many, a question. how many are they thinking of going up to? Ninety-two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know about the expansion of the teams, but I've put it out there for anybody. Do you think there should be more designated auto, not auto bids, but designated at-large bids for mid and low majors? Right now it feels like ACC gets seven schools and the ACC is not even that good, you know. And instead, like, and then like a Dayton misses because 
Dayton lost. It's true, especially for a league like the A10 that I think people would argue, I mean, obviously isn't as good as Power Fives, but it's not like terribly far below that. And then we'll get one per we'll get one team in just because it's cannibalized itself. Yeah, I know I, I, I agree. And I would I always have a thing that we I've said on, on, on our show of like to me, if there's a team that's 17 and 15, and for some reason this one jumps out to me was Illinois State in the Missouri Valley, like somewhere in the past five years or six years, they went I wanna say they went like twenty six and four or something, yeah. right? They lost now they did get blown out in their championship game to I think it was to Wichita State, if memory serves me correct. Um but I don't care. To me, like it, you, it, you go twenty six and four, you you deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. And and I'd yeah. rather see the seventeen and fifteen team. I don't, and I know you could say, well, stick Illinois State in you know in whatever conference, and maybe they'd be seventeen and fifteen. You're probably right, but it doesn't matter if you're trying to get the best teams since the the season started. This team damn near almost went perfect. You know what I mean? Like, and to me, they if you're gonna have a tournament, you got to put the teams that have been the best teams throughout the whole year in. So and it's not I, a lot of them, right? It's like just a couple at the end. It's like, instead of yeah. just giving Syracuse, the 11 seed, like give it to Illinois state. And I don't know where that threshold would be for me. Probably like, if you're like, if you're a mid-major, that's like 21 and 10 or 21 and nine, I might, that might be like the cutoff for me. Sure. Where I'd but be like, you know, like resume, you know, like, yeah, well, but some of that's luck though, man. And some of it, and it, it goes, it goes many ways because, I, I know, like, take Kelvin Sampson at Houston. They're joining the Big 12 next year. They're not going to have to worry about this. But he was saying, you know, building this team over the past couple of years, no, he couldn't get people to schedule him. Yeah. He couldn't get people to schedule him because he, they knew that Sampson, A, could coach. He was recruiting well. And they knew that, hey, this team's got ath- ath- athletes. and But th- they thought it was a more of a risk. So your power schools don't want to schedule him because if you lose – a, you don't know how good that team's going to be. Like, so let's say Houston ends up, you know, 15 and 15 one year, but they have athletes. Well, you lost that game and that, that hurts your resume immensely. Three you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's set up a little bit. So I, I do think they should go out of their way to be a little more lenient on the, the schools. Cause I think it's much harder to, uh, it's much harder. Like in general, the, the, the deck is loaded against you. I I think. Yeah. And and it becomes like you're saying, it's hard for a good mid major to schedule power five. So then they have to go down and schedule a bunch of lower majors, and then they're just screwing themselves because if they don't dominate the lower major, then well, it just and, looks terrible on the resume. <laughs> and we just talked about it. the the teams. I mean, guys, this is what makes this season so great in college basketball so great. But also, we just talked about it with the portal and the co- the co- extra COVID eligibility. No one. Is was accurate on on. I mean, look at this. Everyone said, uh, everyone said Carolina's the well. First off, they said Carolina's the number one team in the nation. They're probably not even going to make the NCAA tournament unless they get some help off their name, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Duke was projected to be second, and Duke or Virginia. Now Virginia's, I guess, still in the mix, but Duke's certainly not. And then uh, you go, you go one by one on each conference for the most part. I would say even Gonzaga, who normally. It's a home run. They're they're a game back. St. Mary's is in first place. You know, like uh, Big Twelve right now. Texas is in first place. Uh, I guess you could say Texas was projected to be in the top three or four, but uh, Texas is tied with Kansas, so Kansas would be the only one that would be chalk. But yep. but even uh South Car- or SEC, they didn't have Bama finishing one. They had Kentucky one, right? 
And guess who's number two in the SEC? It's A&M. It's not even Kentucky. So no one's uh, – UConn was, or Creighton was supposed to win the Big East. They're not even that close to it, right? It, it, but the Through each division, each uh, conference, you're seeing how far off they are. And I think that makes it really hard to schedule. So that if you're scheduling uh, – let's say you're Bradley and you're like, okay, let's put – Let's put uh you know a Ohio State on the schedule. They they agreed for a home and home. Fantastic. Well, guess what? Sucks Ohio State's ass this year. Doesn't help you. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And and they were supposed to be good. And I feel like throughout college basketball, you you your team a lot of your teams that you thought would be good. I could probably do an hour on that right now of talking about teams that we thought would be good, and they're not. You know what I mean? So. And basketball is always unique that it's like one guy, one guy leaves, one guy shows up. All of a sudden it's a completely different basketball. Team. Like that's not happening in football. It doesn't matter. Like even if four or five, six people leave, you know, it's such a team sport, but for basketball, it's one guy gets hurt and you could be fucked. Well, and it's becoming more of a thing. Like you said, with the, the, the portal and stuff, being able like these teams have you have no idea uh, who they're bringing in just because you've never heard of them because you didn't watch Southeast Missouri state play. Doesn't mean the kid can play, you know what I mean? Like, and then all of a sudden you get this kid from Southeast Missouri state and that write up you did. If you're sporting news, you're saying, well, shit, I thought he was, you know, I didn't know who that guy was, you know, like, uh, but he can play there. He's here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think it makes it incredibly hard to do it. And so for scheduling, I think it makes it even harder this day and age so why should we, you know, I, I've gotten into arguments with, with people here uh, with our company of, of, you know, why should this team like, uh, what, what team were we arguing about the other day? It was probably, it was probably like, I don't know, St. Mary's. I don't know. St. Mary's is in pretty good. It was some mid major. Maybe it was, maybe it was like a, a second team in the Missouri Valley currently, or maybe, or, 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 uh, or UAB who had their best player injured. For like Jelly. two weeks, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jelly Walker, and, and like if they had, so you're sitting there saying that you're dissecting the games, and the the, the, the guy I was arguing with was saying no, they should put in Wisconsin, and I'm like no, no, I'm like, I this Wisconsin team doesn't have any talent. I understand there's you know two games over 500, and they played a harder strength of schedule, but yeah, I I I would I think they should be way more lenient with the. Uh, with the group of fives and look, I'm not really going to complain too much if they expand because it's more basketball games. I just don't understand the need to. Yeah. And I, I mean, also if you exp- like part of the fun part is right at the beginning, you get these kind of long shots that are playing the top of the top. And if you expand, you kind of fuck with that. Right. I mean, like, cause you're going to get to a point where you're having teams well, that really don't have a chance playing the top of the top. And then you're just getting, you know, and if you follow the expansion, talk it's been like greg sankey who's the sec commissioner has been and so it's not like the mid-major commissioners are the ones saying yeah let's expand to 90 no it's the power five saying we need more teams more money more money more money more chances yeah so i don't know that it's a good thing in that capacity um i do want to know what you think about the big 12 i think it's the best conference in basketball and I, I think there's so many interesting teams and I really feel like anybody could truly go on a run and win it. Like there's not a team in the big 12 that couldn't win it. So what do you think? Oh, I mean, 
I think that ESPN is under marketing them right now. And I know obviously, you know, Texas and Oklahoma leave soon, but I wish, I wish more people in that capacity knew about it. Like, so I, I grew up uh, in like, I think the best time for the ACC in the big East, right? Like the nineties ACC or late eighties, you know, nineties ACC and big East were really, really good conferences. Like even it reminds me of the Big Twelve, but I even think the Big Twelve is better than those. This year's Big Twelve, I think, is even better than those than those conferences then. And every home environment is 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 insane. I think that's another. I don't know how they did it because yeah. look, I I kind of grew up a Colorado fan because uh, the 1990 football national championship. My brother's a diehard Notre Dame fan, so I would just root against my brothers. <laughs> that, that was, so I would I became a Colorado fan because Colorado beat Notre Dame in '90. Yeah. So I kind of like had an allegiance to them, and even like the years they had Chauncey Billups and 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 guys like Donnie Boyce and stuff like that. Like they uh, they were in the Big 12, and the Big 12 was was ass, man. I mean, yeah, they had Kansas, like you had Kansas and like oh, the Oklahomas. Both both Oklahoma schools were respectable in Kansas. The state, the Texas schools, Texas wasn't very good back then. They were like the, probably the best of the of the ones, but all those Texas schools, Baylor, Texas Tech, awful programs back then. So I would love to see a 30 for 30 on what has happened because they have done an unbelievable job. And, and I don't know how. I, I'd be curious, like because you look at some of these other conferences that have fell by the wayside, Pac-12 and ACC, and you're like, I don't know, because Pac-12 used to be really good, or they were the Pac-10, but they used to be really good too. And I don't know what they did incorrectly. I don't know if it's just investing in your athletic departments. I don't know what. But I would love to know, because this Big 12 is incredible. It is incredible. Each night, you tune in. And like I said, I kind of think they undersell it. This should be like on ESPN every night, like as they're, and they should market it, because if 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 the lay basketball fan knew about this, uh, which I don't feel like they, they do a great, cause it's on like ESPN plus I watched the Oklahoma, Texas game on ESPN plus the other day, yeah. which is ridiculous. ridiculous. One of the best games I thought the entire season and, and you, 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 you had to go to ESPN plus to get it. So, but yeah, I, and I, and I will back up your statement of like, I think, I think there's a lot of teams that could go far. But I, so for, for stuff like the decline of the Pac-12 and the kind of improvement of the Big 12, how much of that do you think is on the conferences themselves and how many of the, how much of that is just on the teams happening to get a lot better? What's what's going to happen? What's happening to Bill Walton, man? Because, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, for example, UCLA used to be really good. I guess they're good now again, so that's not as much of a thing. But, like, you, you kind of see it with USC, with Oregon, like – I don't know if it has something to do with the money. It always has something to do with the money, but it seems like just in general, the teams are just not as good. Yeah, no, something happened. I don't know what, I mean, obviously Larry Scott was an awful, like I think he's the worst commissioner you've ever seen on the power conference level by far. I don't think anything is close to it. You know, getting the PAC 12 deal where it's like, good luck finding that game. You know what I mean? Like we have, (laughs) we have nine TVs and like we have, we have a very cool setup where, you know, we can pretty much pull in games from everywhere. And even that, that is a hard task to even do. We have trouble fighting Pac-12 games on FS6. Yeah. I read this article the other day about how the Pac, where it all kind of started going downhill for Larry Scott and the Pac-12 was they were going to get Texas yeah. in there. 
Uh, and then ESPN started talking to Texas about the Longhorn Network, and it blew up, and that's just that hasn't been the same since. Put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah. <laughs> part of my re- part of my hatred for Texas goes back to that because that that was the implosion of the Big Twelve. It's like them thinking they're some type of special, you know. And it's like, dude, you got one national championship. You have one national championship. Thank you, buddy. Since 1970, and you think you're some like you think you're some great program. You know, like, so, so, uh, I don't know that, that drives me crazy. They always think they're Is better. there a brother of yours that roots for Texas? Is that also a part of it? Uh, no, no, that luckily, luckily it's just, we've developed the, the, the brothers are basically, you got Notre Dame, Maryland, Duke. Uh, I hate all of those schools. That's quite <laughs> Did you say if Texas was on there too, we'd see a burning Vince Young jersey. Behind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But 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 uh, you're right though. But Larry Scott uh, definitely. I know that was a, a, a one thing where it started to. But I even think it started to happen a little bit before that. Like when I was was in, in the '90s, like Stanford was like a Final Four team when they had Mark Madsen and Brevin Knight and all those guys. Uh, you you would have also. I mean, obviously Arizona was really good. UCLA was really good. Al had Jason Kidd. Yeah, I mean, I remember when they upset Duke. So, yeah. you, and, but another thing is you had fan interest. Something they have done is ruin the fan interest on a lot of those schools. And I think, I think part of that is the PAC 12 network, but because if that, you can't even, people can't even in LA, you can't, you can't even watch your fucking home team play. You know what I mean? You're like, what? So uh, I think that does have a, a lasting impact. That's probably bigger than what I even realize. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're a kid growing up for me, we were watching ACC basketball and Big East basketball. Cause it was right there. This is like probably pre cable. And, you know, just because you were getting Georgetown on the, the local networks and Maryland on the local networks, but that got us into the whole conference. Yeah. You can't even watch the local games in a lot of these places out here. So it's it's just one of the worst, you know, manhandling of a conference, I would say, like, that I've ever seen. But but also, yeah, I mean, the ACC is one that I don't know what happened. And they're another one that struggles with fans. Like Boston well, used to be really good and they, they lost all their fans, you know, yeah. like. I don't know that, but they, I think a lot of it is how much you're investing into it because when you invest money, I think the fans follow, but you see a team like Syracuse or a team like UConn that if we look at a decade ago and it's not even like that much stuff really even changed, but the teams are just bad now. And I don't know if that's like a money thing. I don't know if that's just the coaches are getting older and they're not as good at recruiting or whatever the case might be, but like those are teams you used to be able to count on being being top four seeds in the tournament. And it's just not like that anymore. I think I think you have a bit of, you know, the, they lost some legendary coaches, and I know Jim Bohem or whatever. He's still at Syracuse, but he, the game's past him. He, he he can't he can't keep up with it anymore. And you kill Calhoun, one guy, and all of a sudden you can't get a single recruit anymore. Yeah, and then Calhoun, he's he's out of UConn, but part of it, I think the ACC. But they were didn't they win a didn't they win without him? Ali, yeah, with yeah, Ali, right? Yeah. Doesn't one outlier doesn't ruin my entire point. <laughs> I to have you knock me off but, my track. But I think a big thing with the ACC right now, and the reason why you know the SEC is going after Texas, Oklahoma, why the Big Ten's all about bringing USC and UCLA, is that their ACC is cannibalizing itself in its markets. They have like what five North Carolina schools. That's true. <laughs> you know, I like, all the way into it. Got rid of the other ones. But this right, is back right. back to my point though of like what, what my buddy Patty C was saying. Of like when they jump these to these schools, like who could have for like who could have foreseen the Big Twelve being this good in basketball right now? Sure. Sometimes right. these things happen by air, like by air as far as like 
you know, they lost some programs like Nebraska and Colorado were football powerhouses at the time, but they were dead weight basketball program wise. Right. So all of a sudden you start to get and you add in West Virginia, who's, who had Bob Huggins and you're like, hey, you know, and and I guess Baylor did the right thing by hiring Scott Drew. You don't know what coaches you could just get lucky with the amount of coaches you're you're bringing in. But also. Someone's got to win these things. And that's Patty C's point uh, is like, wait, he, so he's like, if Arkansas, I'm sorry, if Oklahoma and Texas and USC and UCLA leave, but there's automatic playoff bids in the Big 12 and Pac-12. Who becomes those blue bloods in those conference? Because over sure. a dec- if if you pursue that past a decade, let's say, you know, Colorado San- Colorado with Deion Sanders or or or, you know, I don't know Washington. Yeah, yeah, they tear it up. Seven of the next ten years. Well, then all of a sudden you have a new generation that doesn't that doesn't remember them being awful. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, grew and, up and, watching perennial Colorado Rose Bowl. Yeah, and it, it's it, and they're doing like Gonzaga in basketball every year. So then your top recruits say, "Hey, you know." So that so in a way, it, it almost it almost is better to 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 stay outside of it in a way of of the power conferences, and that's what's going to be so interesting to watch. I I find it very fascinating is to see if that because look, I don't think Clemson would have ever made the playoffs in a fourteen playoff if they weren't in the ACC in football. They, sure. they were just lucky enough that they were in the ACC. So it presents this like really cool thing that we're going to be able to watch. And and then there's this aspect I know out here in So California was the first state, I think that legalized the NIL or the NIL became a, a, a thing. And then every state, Bannon, right. It was UCLA. Yeah, yeah. And every state quickly was like adapting their state laws to, to get NIL going. And uh, there's a couple up, I think this next year, one is to make one is a, re- a split sharing revenue out here in California for like whatever revenue from your, your, uh, the sports that make money essentially. So like the women's synchronized swimming team is going to get Nissan deals. (laughs) Yeah, no. So, so, so I don't, I don't think, I hope this doesn't pass, but they would get 50% of the TV contract, right? Oh geez. 50%. So your revenue sports, (laughs) baseball, basketball, football would get 50%. I don't think that's going to happen, but the other one, the other one that's very interesting is if they become employees, if they become employees of the university, uh, which which I think is inevitable. I don't know when it will happen, but I think it'd be super interesting when it happens because that removes Title Nine and Title Nine. Oh. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a lot. It just makes it so much different because. You, yeah. They wouldn't even be going to your universities. I mean, I don't know that every school would do that, but I'm saying in certain situations, they wouldn't even need to be taking classes. Well, yeah, that's that's the wild deep end of NIL that I've heard as well Is like if Alabama, like Penn State football isn't part of the University of Pennsylvania anymore. It's its own like entity. They've split off. It's still mm-hmm. obviously <laughs> Penn State and everything, but every program is going to do this. And who's going to be the first program, Alabama, to you know, say like, <laughs> You don't have to attend classes. You're just an employee of the football program. Yeah. Well, and, but but what but what that does in a way, man, I'm kind of split on it because I know there's plenty of institutions that would like to go heavier into football and basketball, but Title IX can hold them back. Yeah. So, you know, and I know Title IX, look, I, I get the, the fairness part of it. So I, I don't want to sound like I'm uh, anti you know, title nine. I understand. We love women on this podcast. Yes. Yes. But, 
but I also understand the economical side of college athletics and football and basketball pretty much pay for everything. Right. And Unless you're Livy Dunn, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, or, or uh, you know, the, the Mississippi state baseball team, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but and that, and that will open up things. If that happened, that would be very interesting as far as the way that they could sp- spend money. I, I just think it would be very interesting. I, I don't know that it would be the good for the sport or bad for the sport, but I think it would be very interesting because then I think even a team like Alabama, which is it makes a ton of money, they're in the SEC, but they're still in Tuscaloosa. You wonder then about the the city impact. You know what I mean? Oh. The money you could spend, you know, almost like Major League Baseball markets. Yeah. Yeah, where you have the University of Alabama team is now based in El Paso, Texas, because the <laughs> the weather was nicer or something. Well, well and like just your business opportunities, like you said, you thought USC and UCLA would be able to be so, yeah. so marketable. Well, shit, if they don't have to go to class, because yeah. some, some of that is the academic side of like, and I get it, they, they they'll get them through, but I truly do believe there's a difference with the SEC and the the Big Ten and the uh, the Pac-12 or something. I think Pac-12 and Big Ten still kind of care about a, 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 a um, a academics. So depends on the school. Yeah, yeah, depends, <laughs> depends on the school a little bit. You know what I mean? Enough that I think they would tell they would not go after certain players. Yeah, but, and it's you always telling at- the only school you hear players suspended for cheating is Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. go to class and then they cheat. But if they're paid employees, imagine Notre Dame, they have a ton of money. They could just be like, you know what? They don't need to go through our academics. And all of a sudden, Notre Dame's going to be, if you think they're good now, they would be dominant if they wanted to do that. So I think it would open up a, like, and I then I would think your teams that are closer to bigger cities would thrive more. That's what my, my baseball analogy was. Yeah. Was that, was that, that like, let's say the, the UCLA or anyone, anyone in, in close to a city, Miami. Yes, because of the, the amount of revenue that could just come through you being close to a city. Oh yeah, uh, uh, it would be very interesting because I don't. I think then your smaller markets would 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 uh, would probably regress. Yeah, or go incorporate yourself in Delaware. Stop paying taxes. See, I'm like a, I'm like a little fifty fifty on the whole employee thing because I mean what we were talking about earlier. If you're if you are the worker making your place millions and millions of dollars and you're risking your, you know, the potential of being paralyzed from the waist down, you should have workers protections. You should be the one making all of the money on that kind of all of that stuff. But I mean, conversely, it's not college sports anymore. Then it's just it's just the professional league before the other professional league. So, I mean, tough. and that's what's interesting is I think some people think the players want to be. Uh, paid employees. Of course. <laughs> I don't know, because if that happens, guess what? You can get fired. You can get yeah. fired anytime, right? So yeah. right now, in a way, in a way, like I've because I've heard some players say that they want to be paid employees, and I'm like, I get it, but I also might want to push back a little bit and think about that, because right now you are able to capitalize on the NIL. I I, I see both sides. I see both sides, but, but it makes it really interesting because all of a sudden, oh, you're. I guess what I I signed this uh this letter of intent, and I am a I'm a five star freshman. Oh, you, you first month of camp, you, you played terrible. Guess what? You're cut. Yeah. And then then it's like, whoa, wait. And guess what? I don't have a college degree. 
I yeah. can't even get into the school here. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it presents a lot of other problems where I think a lot of athletes will tell you that they're they're I mean, how many play how many athletes play college ball that don't make the pros and actually rely on their college degree? Oh, I've seen the commercials. You know what I mean? So it it, it enters it it would be if you've seen the commercials. <laughs> uh, yeah, it enters it enters into a, an interesting an interesting time though. Uh, I've never um, seen college athletics so crazy. Yeah, yeah, we gotta wrap it up here. We'll let we'll get Colby, out of here man. There. But Thank we you really so do much. appreciate you doing this with us. Yeah, this is. I don't awesome. know if you'll be around during college football season. We'd love to have you back on if you have the time. And once again, guys, go check them out at the college basketball experience, the college football experience over at the Sports Gambling Pod Network. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts just like ours. Um, and thanks again, Colby. Before the podcast is wrapped up here today, uh, just wanted to give a preview of next week. We're going to do a mailbag again, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I also wanted to talk about, so we have an idea as a podcast. We'd love for a lot of participation in an NFL mock draft. So if you're a listener and you have any interest in acting as a GM for one of the NFL teams that will be drafting in the first round, uh, please reach out. Uh, We'll have further details to come, but we'll set up an entire draft board, kind of like a fantasy draft style, and then we'll do a mock draft special episode, uh, breaking down all the picks uh, and seeing, you know, how the loud and uninformed listening base thinks the draft will go. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. Again, we really appreciate any feedback that you have for the pod, um, if you rate it on whatever platform you're listening to, uh, that also really helps. And thanks again for sharing with your friends and uh, expanding our listening base. So I hope you enjoyed the episode with Colby. I think we'll look to have him back on, um, if not in college basketball season, college football. And check out the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They do a lot of great stuff over there. And thanks for listening this week.